And I think what bothers me the most is is there's this un, untold rule that, that powder coaters are supposed to be, you know, but low end, you know, just feed them, feed them some, some breadcrumbs and throw them a dollar and they'll do all your work for you for nothing. I, I don't know where that came from, and it may just be in my area, but I think the hardest thing I see other shops struggling with is knowing the value of their time. Tennessee, famous for its firsts in early Americana, like Davy Crockett, railroad lines, aviation pioneers, and truffles? In walks a humble veteran with an idea as brilliant as the first train station built in his hometown, full of potential for industry. He shares how the necessity for innovation helped him bootstrap his company into one of the most impeccable brands today. He talks shop about what he would like to change in the industry and shares what drove him to start his own line of signature powders, for custom coders, buy a custom coder. Let's get ready to level up your powder coder game. Welcome to episode six. I'm Kim Scott, your host and the other half of the powder coating duo, Ross Coat. You are listening to the Powder Coater podcast, where we interview influencers and industry in the industry and cover trending topics so powder coaters can effectively learn and grow their business. In this episode, we've got BLC in the house. Chihu! Create one of the most impeccable brands in uh, bespoke powder coating today. And unless you're hiding under your oven for too long, you know who I'm talking to and I'm honored to speak with today, Victor Ross Pate of Black Label Coatings. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Sorry, it's been a little bit of a struggle getting our schedules to line up. I know you guys in the middle of the move and we're, we're staying covered up. It's, I've been looking forward to get to talk to you for a while now. Awesome. Well, Victor, before we get started talking about you, let's talk about where your shop's located and how long have you been powder coating? We're located in Chucky, Tennessee, which is in the mountains of Upper East Tennessee. Um, we're pretty much out in the middle of nowhere, as most people would call it. Uh, we've been in business for five and a half coming up on six years january 1st of this coming year will be our sixth year anniversary i've been in the powder coating for about 13 or 14 years total okay and where can people find you online what's your social media handles websites stuff like that uh that's an easy one uh, at black underscore label underscore coatings um you type in blc in a, in a hashtag search on instagram we come up pretty quick um you can also find us at our powder website or excuse me our powder instagram black underscore label underscore powders uh, and we've got blacklabelpowders.com is our, our website we've got no one blacklabelcoatings.com is our main website yeah and i can't wait to talk about these powders a little later in the show, because I think what you've done is absolutely amazing. Um, so, but uh, talking about social media, you proudly post that you're veteran owned. So thank you for your service. Uh, what does that mean to you? 
Uh, well, it, it's 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 not as as, as heroic as, as as I wanted, as most people would like to present it to be. Uh, I was a musician in my earlier life. Uh, I got a girl pregnant. My son came into this world, uh, chopped all my hair off, joined the army, in search for the elusive benefits that that one would need to have a child. Um, basically, put my creativity on hold uh, to raise a family and you know do all that, and then later on in life when it got a chance to, to once my son graduated high school basically I got a chance to strike out and try to, to fill that creative void that I had um, the army taught me everything though as far as being disciplined uh, self-resourceful um, just not giving up and I think that's that's some of the things you need as a business owner uh, it gets hard you already know that you know there's days you don't feel like getting out of bed there's days you don't feel like going uh, there's days you don't feel like doing the prep 100% but you know that's that's where I think we shine from from other shops is no matter what the job is, we trust the process and, and no matter what it is, we don't cut the corners. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely um, a, a, an ability or not even an ability, but more of like a personality trait or uh, a mantra that uh, you have to um, abide by or, you know, um, get in line with, uh, because it, it's powder coating is, has its, uh, parts that are hard and, and it's definitely a process of learning and everything. It's not something that you can just pick up easily. Um, now let's start a little bit. You gave us a little teaser on that. I mean, how did you get started? Um, and talk me through it because you, you, you said you started, uh, powder coating before you started the business what compelled you to be a powder coater and how did you get started basically it was just a fill of void i had a local powder coat shop um there's a few industrial shops in the area and there was only one shop that would take you know small batch work if you had a set of handlebars or a set of wheels you could take in there and get powder coated um it was hit or miss on quality it was hit or miss on price you know you could take you know the same parts there twice and get two different versions of black. Uh, the prices were never the same. The, as is what was quoted to you, when you go to pick up, the price has been jacked up three times what it was promised to you at. Uh, the quality was never the same. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was okay. Sometimes it was terrible. So after uh, having a, a, a look into that world and I started getting into, you know, what all it would take for me to be able to do my own parts at the time I was racing motorcycles and, and, and wanted to, you know, look the part and I wanted everything to match and look good. And, uh, basically there, there was no one in the area that could, that could service, you know, my needs. So basically I got into it for myself. I spent, you know, the first few years ruining my own parts and then I ruined my buddy's parts. And then after I got halfway decent, it, you know, kind of took off, uh, friend of mine uh, worked at a diesel shop uh, about an hour from here and he was having the same problems with the same powder coater that I originally had problems with. And he's like, man, you need to open up your business and just take off. I promise I'll keep you busy. So at the time uh, I was driving a truck, working 50, 60 hours a week, driving a truck, had good seniority, making great money, good benefits. Uh, you know, just wanted to do it just to kind of be able to help me purchase my toys and pay for my hobbies. And uh, it, slowly turned into a, a, a full-time job. It was never the intention. I remember very clearly going into it thinking, if I can just make my forerunner payment each month, then I'll be flying. And um, next thing you know, uh, my wife quit her job first. She started helping me. 
Um, she was a nurse uh, for a neurosurgeon uh, in town. And uh, she made good money, had good benefits, seniority, the whole nine yards. She quit her job and was helping me do prep in the daytime, and we were shooting at night. And um, eventually, this got to be the point where I was, it was costing me more to go to work than it would if I'd have just stayed home. So, I, you know, our shop was in our basement, like a lot of people start out. You know, I'm proud to say that. And I've, I've got this idea in my head that when I hit the 10 year mark, I'm going to publish pictures from my original setup right now it's still too a little close to home it's you know some of it's embarrassing but uh i'm a firm believer and and you have to use what you have at your disposal so we made every square inch of our house count uh, we turned you know we just turned the whole house into basically a powder shop um so after we got to where uh, my wife quit her job and we quickly saw that you know i still needed to be there i went ahead and quit mine and you know, we went full-time that was four and a half years ago that we've been doing this full time, that I've been doing it full time. Um, we quickly found that we needed more space. We started looking on the market for commercial property and it around here, commercial property is very hard to come by in, in, in my price range. So we just looked up and found this place uh, that had a house and two shops out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the big shop had three phase power. So we, my ideal going into this <clears throat> after I learned from, from my basement shop was, you can't do prep in the same space that you're doing your, your powder application without having to spend a day or two of cleaning. And luckily for me, I've got a prep shop and then I've got, you know, the clean shop where the ovens and the powder booth are. So it, it, it was almost like this place was made for us and, and it was meant, you know, we, we bought it and moved out here and, and it's taken off ever since. Wow. I mean, what, what a, a incredible story because you hit on so many of the same um, things that my husband and I have gone through. Uh, it's almost an identical story. And I'm wondering how many of the listeners out there have that similar same story because we're, you know, and I, I like that story because I think it helps bring it all together as a community, you know, that we have similar uh hero journeys or, you know, similar journeys, you know, that we can all, uh, figure out how we got together and got to this place. You know, everybody has that simple beginning, you know? Um, and I, I, I just love that. That was great. Um, you, but you've, you know, there is something deeper there. Uh, it's not just that you have all, you've started similar to a lot of other people. You have like, outstanding reviews on Google business page. You have, (laughs) um, you know, your social media is off the hook. Um, everybody follows you powder coders and customers alike. I mean, there's something, there's something more magical there behind the scenes and maybe it's your wife. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Um, uh, There is something that you can do or that you're bringing to the community that is um, a higher level. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm getting too woo woo here, but um, what do you think sets you apart besides all these reviews and you're out, you know, well, 
I'll be honest with you, absolutely nothing special about me as a person um, other than the fact that when I'm interested in something, I become obsessed with it. And if I become obsessed with it, I completely submerge myself into it. I, I don't have a lot of hobbies. I don't have a lot of other interests because everything takes 100% of my focus and my time. Um, we keep my, both my wife and I, and it's just my wife and I, there's nobody else. You know, we, we, we would like to have somebody else, you know, but at the same time, I know that there's headaches to come along with that. Um, I think honestly, it's, it, it's just, we're not afraid to fail. We're not afraid to try, you know, when I first got into this, everybody's like, well, you know, you can't, can't do this, can't do that. And I'm going, but why can't you do that? Now I've got a small background <laughs> in painting, uh, automotive painting and, try to take those same concepts and apply them to powder. And I know that's not hundred percent always possible, but I get that. But there's a lot of things that, that we're doing that you know, when we started, people said you can't do. So it's, it's just, it comes from, you know, they, they say uh, uh, inventions or necessities of mother of invention. So for us, it's, it's everything we've done is just because we've got a problem in front of us and we're trying to figure out how to work around it. Um, my wife, she's, incredible she's she's my best friend she's she's you know without her you know i don't think the business would be where it is um she would love to have been on the podcast today but she's a little on the shy side she doesn't do well talking to people and i understand that but we're we're both like that we're both kind of shut off you know on a friday night you don't find us in town you don't find us in a bar you find us in the shop you know when we when we get into something we we completely turn our lives upside down for it. You know, that's what we did. You know, I walked away from a really good job. She walked away from a really good job. We had a big house on a cul-de-sac and a nice subdivision, which is something I'd always wanted. We gave that up, bought this place out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, we're actually happier now than we've ever been. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it uh, takes a dynamic duo to do all this stuff. Um, I'm not sure who does the social media, if it's you or her or any of the other digital stuff, like keeping up with, uh, you know, getting those uh, Google reviews. You know, sometimes people offer them up and sometimes you have to ask for them. But 57 outstanding reviews is an incredible goal to, that you've achieved there, I, in my opinion. Um um, because it all plays into your rankings and and your your brand um, and stuff. But as speaking of brands, we recently had a brand survey that we sent out to other coders and in the industry. And I found this comment. Um, there was a portion there where they got to they got to pick, or suggest who their favorite brands that they follow in the industry are. Some people named powder coater suppliers. Some people named other powder coaters, uh, you know, as who they are, who they think has a good brand or on social media or whatever. And uh, then they, so once they named it, then they were asked the question, why what do you think they have or why do they, why do you follow them? And this comment, I'm not going to say who it was from because I'd have to look back, but I highlighted this when the survey results came in because uh, I found it fascinating and the way that they said it, said it so perfectly, I guess, and it might be shocking to you, I don't know, but uh, they specifically said that they, they named you um, Black Label Coatings 
And they said, an extremely tidy facade, difficult to gauge their actual size. And I think you kind of <laughs> just, <laughs> I think you kind of yeah. just described uh, ahead of time what this is. And I, I have to agree with him. I mean, when you, when you're a powder coater and you're looking at other powder coaters on social media, yeah, you're looking at that rim or that color, but beyond that, you're looking at the background. You're looking at what what kind of things are in the back of the shop and and stuff like that. You know, um, you're paying attention to the details, I guess, more so than maybe a customer or an average follower of yours. Do you want to? Do you have anything to say about that? I didn't mean to throw that out as like to get you off guard or anything, but I had to share that with you because I think it's uh, I think it's indicative of your brand. But it's you know it's you know I don't know. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Um, some of the best lessons I've learned from other powder coaters indirectly is looking in the background to see what's going on. Um, I'm, I'm very cautious of, of what's in my backgrounds. I know sometimes I may let more go than, than, than I should, but it, it, it it's for me, it, it, it boils down to, you don't have a million dollar shop to do million dollar work. I'm a firm believer in that. You can you can have a small outfit like you know we had when we first started. You know the first few years of the business was spent in the 650 square foot basement, and and my presence online was was you know I presented my logo, my brand, and I presented the work. And most people always want to know about the my picture booth where I take pictures. And to be honest, it goes back to what I was saying before, where you know necessity is the mother of invention. We started posting some good quality work, and then we started getting calls from people going, "Hey, man, your your work's being used to sell product for another powder coater a mile down the road, or ten miles down the road, or two states over." And I started noticing that, you know, not everybody, but there's some shady people in the industry. So we wanted to make it as hard as possible for you to steal our background, for you to sell our work. So we made the entire background, and we still watermark our pictures. And it hasn't stopped everybody from stealing it and trying to pass it off as theirs, but that's you know, that's, that's slowed that down. Right. For me, the, the, the main thing was there's, there's two different types of powder coating. There's industrial and then there's custom. Well, industrial is just pretty much what it is. It's industrial. You crank 10,000 mailboxes through before lunch and you know, you've had a good day for us. We don't do that. It's not about the, the quantity. It's about the quality. So we, we, we do things the hard way. We, we don't, we wanted and the reason I named it Black Label Coatings, I remember when, when I was a young kid, my parents worked for the government. My dad got a job, State Department. And I remember after he got a couple of uh, pay raises on him, he, he bought a really nice suit. And it was a Black Label suit from Ralph Lauren. I asked, remember asking him, what, what's the deal with the Black Label? And he said, oh, this is just indicative of, of, of the highest quality that you can get. And then I started, you know, as life went on and time went by, I started noticing other brands did the exact same thing. Like you can buy a Mercedes. Yeah, that's badass. That's great. It's a very expensive car. Well, you can get an AMG Mercedes or you can get the black edition, black label edition. So there's several brands out there that share that same philosophy. But for us, we wanted to only do the very best work we could. We didn't care if we were going to make any money in it because this was never supposed to be a business. This was just supposed to be a hobby for me to pay for my toys and help us, you know, supplement the income. 
So it, it, it's one of those things that we started where if we do this, we're only going to do it one way, and that's the right way. I love that. Um, yeah, there. I've never noticed that before about Black Label. But, you know, I, while you were talking, I was thinking, oh, yeah, American Express has their black card, and that's supposed to be the well, the card and yeah. everything. Yeah, I've never, never known that before. And that's, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, you, you see that in alcohol brands, you see it in, um, I don't know, all kinds of brands, actually. So I have to pay more attention to that. And I, I think you're right about, you know, it, there is only so much you can do when you get to that level or you have that much um, notoriety on social media. It, it, it it's You can slow it down. Um, one of the most downloaded photos that we have, and I actually happened to be on Instagram when I saw someone caught, I actually caught them in the act. They had just posted, I was following like the powder coating hashtag on Instagram and um, going through pictures and seeing what other guys are doing and stuff. And um, I saw our photo uh, on somebody else's post. I'm like, what is this? I didn't even understand it. Um, and thank God the day that I took that picture, I did something similar. It wasn't as perfect as your picture, but it had our, we had a, um, um, a banner that's had our logo on it. And I actually, that day don't normally do this, but that day I, you know, put the banner behind the wheel. Um, and it literally like the guy must've just cut and pasted it right into his, you know, the picture and stuff. And it, thank, I it. thankfully I had, yeah, thankfully I had that banner. I'm like, dude, you're using, and I totally busted them. And it's hilarious because they have like a gazillion followers, but they, they post rims and boobs, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> no wonder they have like 25,000 or 50,000 followers by now. But anyways, um, I'm like, I totally busted them and he felt bad and and he didn't take it down, but I'm like, well, at least tag me in the post. You know, that's the least you can do if you're going to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just what's going to happen when you are the way who you are, you know? People are funny, man. They, they really are. They'll, they'll, try to, they'll try to take something from you and get credit for it. But And that's fine. You know, if you want to use a valve cover ours to sell your valve cover, refinishings, that's fine. But just make sure that you're up to being able to do the job. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's going to bite them in the ass anyways. Right. I mean, if they're not, uh, they can't do the work that they're expected. I mean, that's just the nature of powder coating. Yes. And that's, that's one thing that really kills me. I get a lot of people that contact me and be like, Hey man, I love your work. I just bought a new booth, just bought a new oven. I've got this gun. I don't even know how to plug it up. Uh, how do you how do you two tone? I'm not telling. You. It's a long way to get to that point, man. So just just start with the back. Well, I need to make money. I've got. Well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. So we did it the other way. We did it where it wasn't a business. It was just a hobby, and it turned into a business. And I think that it came natural at that point. Um, and and I try to explain to people every day that that, that, that we learn something new literally every time we work. Um, I take care of all the prep. I do all the social media. I do all the, the unfun stuff. Uh, my wife does all the shooting. Um, I help some when it comes into the, the, the two-tone stuff. Um, I'm more comfortable with some of it than she is. Again, 
she has her strengths. I have my strengths. And together, I, I feel like we're unstoppable at that point. Yeah, I um, I think having a partner in this business, whether it's your wife, girlfriend, or a buddy, is definitely how to make the most of, you know, to, to be a one-man band is really, really difficult, to, especially when you want to keep up with the social media or get, you know, get that ranking on online and stuff, um, you know, where people well, can actually discover you, you know, but go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak over you. Uh, I'm the first person to tell you that, that my social media game has, 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 has slipped a little bit, but we've just gotten so busy. And I used to be that guy that worried that my percentages were down and, and I need to do something about it. And then it finally just hit me one day, just do the work, put it out there as art. If you post once a day or, or once every three days, just put something good out there. And if people want you, they'll find you. I, I don't, I don't put the effort into it that some shops do. Um, but to me, I don't like seeing 50 useless posts and then one good post with a set of wheels. I'm, 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 I'm funny like that, I guess. But No, that's just the nature of Instagram. Um, there is a way to do it and a way not to do it. Um, hopefully going to cover that in a future episode, uh, um, that I'm planning at for now, but, um, I agree. And, you know, it's okay to take a break from social media. I mean, we have recently just because of, you know, where we're at right now, um, in the move, uh, and it's okay. You can come back, um, just know your brand, um, and utilize the hashtags or your share your story. Um, and, People will come back and follow you again or or like your posts again. It's just, you know, you just have to go with the flow. You can't be on it all 100% all the time. It's just insane to do that. It's not realistic. I think some posts or shops put social media before they put their work. And, and that's that's something I never want to be accused of. I mean, we'll, we'll work 20 hours a day, seven days a week and be happy with it. But when we post two or three times that week, you know, it's just what it is. I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable not doing everything possible to make a job right. And I think that's where all our reviews come from. Um, anybody that's had work done here knows my schedule stays erect mainly because if it's not perfect, it does not leave the shop. But I'm also that guy that my tattoo artist has a year and a half wait for me to get in to see him. And I'm cool with that. So my customers are now cool if we've got a two month wait or four month wait or like this year for the first time, we're book solid for the rest of the year. And we did that like the third week of May. And that's never happened. Um, I'm not sure what caused that. It just kind of happened and we couldn't be happier with it. I know the, the, the coronavirus is really hampered or, you know, dampened a lot of our, our uh, new color releases, you know, for black label powders. And we can get into that in a few minutes, but, you know, honestly, you know, it, it's been our best year for business. It's just been very difficult in navigating the waters that are there right now, but I feel like my customers know what they're waiting on and they're cool with that. Yeah, I, it's, um, interesting. Some are doing okay and some are not. Um, I, you know, we took a hit for sure, just because, you know, tourism and people, uh, demand for business, but it's coming back around for us. Um, and I think a lot of people have some extra cash in their, in their savings right now from, uh, unemployment, maybe they're getting back to work now and they feel a little bit more comfortable, 
um, spending that money. I, I'm not sure, but we've we've got quite a bit of uh, rim jobs coming up the minute we open up. Plus, you know, the usual construction gates and railings and stuff like that are you know staying pretty busy. Yeah, so, I'm a big fan of y'all's uh, railings. That's cool. Yeah, it's a big thing here, and I hope to make it more uh, get it out there more and stuff like that, you know, cause, uh, we, we really do like those jobs and they look great, you know, um, that patina have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the patina powder coating is coming along and hopefully we'll have some big announcements coming up in the next month here about what we're doing. Um, great. getting some heat, uh, getting some attention from some of the bigger, multinational companies right now. So we'll see what the outcome is of those. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's get into the powder line. I'm excited about this. You know, I called you, we were, we were talking about patents. Uh, I think you had finally announced that you were, had this powder line. You mentioned you had some a patent. Of course we were at the moment of deciding whether or not we should do a patent. So that's when I first reached out to you months ago and, um, and, you know, remember that call. And and so tell me about this powder line. It, what, why did you start it? And what makes, uh, what makes these powders different? Well, again, everything for us seems to go back to, you know, necessities of mother of invention. Uh, when we first started shooting, you know, I, I, grabbed all the cool colors I could find from prismatic powders and Columbia coatings and ordered them and got them in. And some of them were awesome. Some of them were great. And then the, the, the blacks were just not cool at all. It's not a real black. It's, you know, we started noticing no matter what brand we ordered, it came in two different shades of black, a dirty gray black or a dirty brown black. I remember calling my powder rep at the time and, and having a long conversation with her and uh, going, Hey, what, what can we do to, to maybe, change some of this and she goes oh you know unless you want to do like a ten thousand pound order of a custom color you know it's really really not you know much we can do for you and i said well well, how do i go about doing this myself and she goes uh let me transfer you to the lab and let you talk to them i think she was just tired of hearing me talk so i got on the phone with the guy at the lab at one of my suppliers and started asking him a bunch of questions and and basically reading between the lines I started making notes and as he was talking I would say okay so where can I buy that at and it's oh well you gotta you know, gotta check this website and check this and you now these people sell you you know they'll, they'll just ask for a sample you know and a sample will be you know 20 pounds of pigment um so I just started basically trying to come up with you know trying to reinvent the wheel um uh, the first color we did was our, our signature satin black um we did that where the industry standard on satin black falls anywhere between like 40 and 50% satin. We mix ours at a significantly higher rate. We like to think that that extra gloss level fills the gap between traditional satin and gloss black. Uh, my hot rod customers absolutely love it. A, it's a single stage powder and B, it's a lot easier to care for than gloss black. As you already know, gloss black's a nightmare if you touch it and scratch it and you know, there you go. So after we got the signature satin black done, we decided we wanted to focus on gloss black. So we started focusing on gloss black and then we got that halfway done and we played with it. And I think we had like five or six versions before we came up with actual murderous black. Um, but it's, it's basically just, I, I think it could be better. So we tried to make it better and that's 
that's that's been our philosophy since day one. I mean, we want this to look as good as humanly possible. You know, how can I do that? And without you know reinventing the wheel and coming up with new formulas, uh, it, there just wasn't many options out there. So that's what we were forced into. Wow, I mean, and I love that murderous black. This the word <laughs> in itself is enough to get your attention, right? Um, it is. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love the names of all your powders and stuff. And I mean, so are you saying because you're using a higher quality pigment, do you think the, is the application, I mean, I'm not a powder coater, so, um, but is it, do you get better coverage or is it just that you get the durability and, you know, what, what is the finer line there? So once we once we started having them produced for us, that did two things for us. Instead of spending five or six hours every Sunday afternoon trying to mix up a small batch of gloss black to last us the week, we basically took our 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 tried and true formulas that we came up with, took our life savings and invested them into black level powders. And by going to the man talking to to a lab and and the different pigment manufacturers and saying, Okay, what is the absolute best pigment you have for this? And going that route so many levels to it that most manufacturers don't go past you know just the basic necessity to get a a black color so we we've tried to 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 incorporate the very best very best uh ingredients if you want to call them that into these powders and as a result you get an actual true black It, it is black as night um I hope my son's not listening, but I always like to say it's as black as my ex-wife's heart. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I think that's awesome. I mean, because you are the coder's coder. I mean, would you disagree with that? I mean, like, I I think you're making powders for people like, like you that want the, and your customers that want the very best uh, powders in the industry. And I, maybe it's a wake up call or maybe it's something, you know, like people listening today probably didn't even know that. Like I didn't know that, um, till I talked to you that one day and I was like, Oh wow, I never considered that, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, I, it, it must've taken you some time to, put it all together. I know you were making the smaller batches and stuff and you kind of mad science, the, you know, what you were doing on the weekends, making your own powders. I mean, what is the process and you don't have to dive too deep into it, but what's the simple process? You, you called the chemist and you said, give me this, give me that. Uh, in the beginning, yes. And then we ran into issues. So uh, there's, there's magical thing out there called a binder, which makes flake adhere to powder so that you can apply it. And without a binder, you're, you're really not doing much good. Um, that was the hardest thing for us to get access to. The way that my powder rep explained to me in the beginning, uh, they don't make high-end powders because like 95% of the powder consumption is for industrial use. And if it's good enough now, then it'll be good enough tomorrow. And they had no interest in fixing a problem that wasn't there in their eyes. Custom shops, or as they like to call them, job shops, you know, they fall on the back burner. You know, what that guy needs, I'm not worried about that because he's only going to order at best maybe 500 pounds for me this year. And if that's, that's if he's doing good. You right. know, for a small shop like us in the beginning where we might have ran through 300 pounds a year, I mean, they didn't care what I had to say. They didn't care that I didn't like their black or their clear. 
So it, it, it really, they didn't see it as a problem. And I, I know we've stepped on some toes now and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we have. And, and, and I think the difference for us is we took our life savings, made this powder and basically what it is, it, it key, it saves us time on, on, on the back end now. And instead of having to prep to make the powder, it, it's already done. It's ready to go. It shows up boxed and we shoot it and we're good to go. Um, I don't push it down people's throats. I don't post a whole lot about it. It's, it's one of those things that's there if somebody wants it. I'm, I'm more of an artist than I'm a businessman. Uh, so I know I'm losing, you know, revenue and all that. And I'm sure people are out there, you know, jumping up and down right now. It's at, at a sheer, you know, sound of my voice saying those words, but it's not about the money. It's about the work. And, and for us, if we've got a product, it's there on the market, you know, we may get into more advertising later on, but right now we're super comfortable with where we're at. We've got 11 new colors that we need to launch, but until the pandemic's over and our pigment supplier reopens, there's really not a whole lot we can do. So we're kind of tied right now. Um, We've got a bunch of color matches. We've got one for Ken Diggett designs going on that we, we still can't finish up because we just don't have access to the pigments. Yeah. I I've heard there is some disruption there. Um, I hope to dig a little bit more into that. Um, when we have a uh, PCI on, uh, they can maybe give us some shed some light on that, but yeah, I've heard some people have had some issues getting, uh, the materials that they need to make their powders. So we'll, I'm, I imagine this, this story will unfold in the coming months, but I think it's just okay. awesome, you know, that what you've done and how innovative and, you know, you didn't start with what can I bring um, to the industry? You started with what can I bring better to my customers? Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead. The biggest, I'm sorry. I think I think the biggest thing for me is is the reason we try so hard is is we live in a pretty small community and I would say probably sixty percent of our business comes on a UPS truck, but that other forty percent is people that live near and around me. And I love being able to look you in the eye and shake your hand, and know that I gave you a, a kick ass set of wheels. Um, I've got customers, you know, from back in the day that when we weren't even a business, it still, you know, swing by the shop and go, Hey man, just wanted to show you, man, you still look just as good as the day you did it. For me, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I, um, that's an interesting story too, because like when my husband and I first started or his thing was, I want to be the guy, you know, um, I'm, you're the guy, you know, give me the guy. I want that guy, the guy that does the powder coating, right. You know, or the best or, you know, and we're in a small area and stuff like that. So, you know, when you're known as the guy, um, I think it's kind of making a statement that you're, you've kind of arrived in as far as in and around your community, you know, and making customers lifetime customers. Right. I'm I'm very happy with where we are today, and I'm proud of how, how far we've come. But I'm not satisfied by any means. And I think that's another reason that keeps keeps me up late at night, keeps my wife up late at night. We keep journals by both sides of the bed. I'll wake up and and write some crazy idea down, and I'll read it the next morning when I get up. And ninety percent of the time, I'm not going to lie to you, it's all garbage. But there's you know just a little bit of that where this magic, and yeah. you know we run. To, it happened uh, last month. Two months ago, maybe we were on a job, and I kept trying this one, this one, this one finish. It was a set of uh, poison spider Jeep fenders, and I could not get 
our heavy silver flake and our custom color match for Jeep's anvil gray to work together well. <clears throat> My wife and I kicked these spinners around back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, tried three or four different things. I'm like, man, I don't know. And, um, you know, it's like, well, if this is as good as we've got so far, you know, we'll, we'll see what the customer thinks. And uh, he was supposed to come down the next morning or in a couple of days. And I called him that next morning and said, hey, man, lightning struck in the middle of the night. We've got a whole new idea. Give me a week and we'll see what happens. And went down the shop and knocked it out. And we could not have been happier. And it's just, I think that's the thing that it excites me the most about powder coating is you can do the same thing every time, 10 times. But if you just make one slight adjustment, you can, you can make leaps and bounds improvements or or make it go the other way and make it look terrible so you we i really get into those into that area of, of the process where the slightest thing makes a world of difference even down to media that we blast with you know we're 100 percent self-sufficient we strip blast coat in-house we don't rely on anyone else that's another pet peeve of mine for new shops coming up that don't strip or blast um you know, we get those, you know, fly by night shops that pop up, they see us doing okay. And, you know, they think they can do it and they last, you know, a couple months because they don't, I could imagine not having the ability to strip and blast something if I needed to, because guess what? We've been doing this for a minute and I still strip and blast on a regular basis. If we see something that's this imperfection that I can't live with, it's not leaving the shop. Yeah, I know. I'm married to a man just like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, um, yeah it's a curse and a blessing exactly you know um and i uh and i i get that passion um it makes it you know makes life interesting and you know you know that you know you're so sure you know and even with the with things falling apart or making them a success you know that um you know when that when that next powder coater tries to start up uh, down the street or whatever, you've got nothing to worry about. You know who you are, and I think that that uh, really speaks. I don't know. To me, I I feel like when I look at your brand, I feel it all the way down to my bones. You know, and talking to you today just kind of just you know just kind of reassures me that what you see is what you get. You know, and I love that. Uh, I think I wish more brands could be bringing that to the, you know, it's just take you. You're just doing you, Victor, and your wife is just doing her and you're bringing it all out. You know, you have to protect yourself. It's a it's a social it's it's a profile on the Internet or whatever. But I think for the most you've really struck a balance between your personal lives and your late your label. Well, thank you. I'll be honest with you. We don't have a personal life. It's just all business. I, I, I'm like obsessed with it. That's all we do. Before the business, you know, we rode 15, 16,000 miles a year on, on motorcycles, each of us. My wife and I both have bikes. Since the business started, we rode just a little bit in the beginning. But once it took off, man, I think I started my bike one time last year. She rode it around the block for me. I haven't been on it in like three years. I just don't have time. I'm not, I'm that my, my focus isn't there. If I've got free time to ride a bike, I've got free time to be working on a new color. And a lot of the colors, uh, like our Nardo Gray with Real Blue Pearl, I remember seeing a car in Baltimore, Maryland when I was a little kid, and the sun was hitting it just right, and it was it was it was this white 
it was, it was a white car that had a blue, a custom blue pearl paint job. And I fell in love with it. And I carried that image in my head with me my whole life. Going, man, I'd love to be able to recreate that. Just so happened, uh, one of our diesel shops in Arkansas, we do a lot of work with, uh, he called me up and said, Hey man, I need this color. And he basically described it, except instead of being white, it was, uh, Nardo gray. So we went to town on that and that took us a long time to figure out, but it's, it's, I, I don't do anything but work. If it's not powder coated related, I'm not doing it. I just, it's, that's where my brain's at and that's where it's been at for a while. And, and, and I think you almost need that when you're starting a new business. I think you need that when you're trying to build a brand. Um, but like I said earlier, it's, it's both a curse and a blessing. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we literally have had our, heads down to the grindstone for the last three or four years since we got serious. You know, we started the business in 2010, but uh, we really didn't take it too seriously until uh, 2015 when I got out of my industry and joined his business and his industry. So uh, I, I hear you about just not looking up and just staying focused and stuff. Um so if you had, let's do some wrap up here. So if you had an extra $10,000 in your bank account for your business right now, what would you spend it on? Would you spend it on a, on uh, equipment, space, another patent? <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> sure. um, we, we're, we've got one that we're working on right now that, and again, if this pandemic would free up, we could have already had it done. We're working, we're working on one product now that is not currently available anywhere on the market. And I don't want to give it out because I'd be cutting my own throat at that point. But we're hoping to have it wrapped up this year. But yeah, patents are expensive. Uh, trademarks are expensive. So definitely I'd take that for legal fees and, and help push the brand further. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to change in this industry? Or do you see any, I mean... I kind of answered your own question, uh, but do you see any change or trends changing in the industry? Uh, maybe your powders are a response to that, you know? I, I think that there, I think the one thing that, that drives me crazy the most, um, we work with a lot of, of high-end shops and, and they'll have their customers either go on our website or one of the other powder suppliers' websites and look at colors. And we'll present, you know, our, our, our customer that the retail shop with a bill for the price, you know, for the whole price for the project coming up and the customer looks at it and goes, why is it $1,600? The powder's only $8.99 a pound. What, 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 why is it $1,600? And I think what bothers me the most is, is there's this un, untold rule that, that powder coaters are supposed to be, you know, but low end, you know, just feed them, feed them some, some breadcrumbs and throw them a dollar and they'll do all your work for you for nothing. I, I don't know where that came from and it may just be in my area, but I think the hardest thing I see other shops struggling with is knowing the value of their time. And I think that's why a lot of shops go under so fast is they're, they're spending three and four days on a project and they're not charging accordingly. So if, if, if I had any impact on the industry at all would be just to raise awareness that what we do is, is, is very hard, very difficult, very time consuming. And it's, it's long form work. You don't just go in and, and, you know, shake the gun at it and you're done. You know, you spend the day on prep, you spend the day doing this. You, 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 there's a lot of time that goes into doing what we do. And as you very well know, 
you, you have to trust the process. You can't cheat the process. And if you, if you trust the process, you're going to spend some time and you're going to spend some money and you're going to have money wrapped up in equipment. You know, people come in and want to, you know, beat me up on a $400 set of price or $400 price set of wheels. And I've got $250,000 worth of equipment in both shops. And it's just not, it's not the, the public's perception of what we do isn't accurate. I feel like. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I mean, geez, it is true. And I think that that actually comes from the industrialists, uh, powder coaters, because, you know, for them with the line coating and everything, it's like everything, every part is just, you know, the, because it's automated, it's all about the margin and it's all about the lower cost powder and stuff like that. And I, 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 I imagine it's, uh, I agree with you. It's not just in your area. I think it's, uh, I think it's global actually. Um, pretty sure people in all parts of the world are experiencing that too, you know? Um, and it is something that needs to be changed. It's a valid point. Um, it's not something that, you know, the way you just explained it is just so, yeah, that's exactly how it is. You know, you, you explained it really well. Um, and we covered a lot of that, uh, what you were talking about as far as pricing in our uh, just released episode um, on pricing. And it, it's been getting a lot of comments and people have really appreciated this episode because it covers the value of what, who you are as a person, you know, it's not just math, it's the confidence behind it um, and stuff like that. So that is a very well said thing. And it's a great, I think it's a great point to end with because um, I, I feel like we've only just scratched the surface of you. So I'm definitely going to have you come back if you don't mind. Uh, right on, yeah, especially when you come out with that new uh, that new one that you're talking that new powder you're talking about and stuff. You can, well, you're welcome to come back anytime. It won't be a powder, but it'll be a shop. It will be something every shop in the U.S. needs and can use and has the needs for right now. They just may not realize it just yet. Oh wow, that makes it even more uh, more exciting. That's great. I love it, and I think it, I think innovation is definitely going to be a trend you're going to see and it's not going to come from the industrialists because they're already built out they don't they've got everything they need in their sure. in their line coding systems i mean they can always upgrade their equipment and you know do something fangle with the the way they hang it or the speed or the you know whatever sure. but i think the Please. major oh. innovation is going to come from custom coders like us I think so, but please don't get me wrong. I want no part of doing 10,000 mailboxes before lunch. What they've got going is what they've got going, and I'm happy for them. Please don't don't, don't think I would want any part of, of what they do. Yeah, don't mail you 10,000 mailboxes? Okay. <laughs> no, <I'll> do- <laughs> That's about it. All right, Victor, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I am so happy that you've come on today. Now, tell us again, you're on Instagram at Black Label Coatings with an S. What's your websites again? BlackLabelCoatings.com and BlackLabelPowders.com. If you go to BlackLabelCoatings.com, there's a link to the website for powders. Awesome. And we can just order like online, right? We don't have to call you. You can just order online, whatever you need. 
That's correct. No, ma'am. Yes, the, the, the reason, let me touch on this real quick. I know it's been a touchy subject for a few customers. In, in, the, in the professional world, it's very common if you've got a website that sells product. Uh, you can pull up the website and you can look at the products, but you're not going to have a price until you create an account and gain access to the pricing. The reason we did that is so that if I'm trying to help you with a customer and you're, you call me up and say, hey, man, my, my customer's looking for this. But he's not really sure what color he wants. I'll say, hey, just have them check out my website. They'll be able to look at the colors, but there's not going to be any pricing. The pricing's for you, the custom shop. And that's what we did. You know, custom powders designed by a custom shop for custom shops. That's awesome. I, I get that. And yes, we've had a few uh, c- customers come to us or, you know, they, I don't know, either they're trying to save money, they think we're going to rip them off or whatever. I mean, we've got shipping, you know, for us. I'm not sure. How do you ship? Just thought I'd ask in case I order some because are you shipping UPS or USPS? How do you get, how do we get your powders? Right now, everything's done USPS. Uh, we've been talking with UPS to take over all of it so that we can have shipping to Canada and other countries. Uh, right now, we will ship anywhere in the world. You just have to email me your powder label. We've got an order for Canada going out Monday, and we've got our first order going to Australia uh, on Monday. And I'm super oh, excited about that. That is. Wow. Get that pin board out and start pinning up all the countries that you uh, right. are selling to just to milestone it. You know, I think that's great. Yeah, we're, we couldn't be happier. But, Kim, we really appreciate you having us on today. Oh, man, Victor, thank you so much. And please say hi to your lovely wife. What's her name? I won't even ask. I'll ask off what her name is. I'd love to meet her someday. Um, uh, you, can, you can talk to her. Her, name, her. her name's Jennifer. You can find her on Instagram, jlpate85. So it's, 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 she just not like talking on the phone very much. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, thanks again for your uh, supporting us followers and following the Powder Coating Podcast. I hope you've learned something today new uh, to help you with your powder coating business. Please uh, feel free to comment below, uh, follow, share, and like the podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss, uh, email us at info at Maui Powderworks. You can also, if you've got something to sell, uh, you know, you say you're coming out with a new product or, uh, you know, just hit us up too. We're, we're interested in all kinds of things related to uh, custom powder coating. Thanks again for joining the show.